Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. If the American people could see what we saw in the stars and the reason that we can't come and give everybody the files is because they're confidential and I would technically be breaking the law if I revealed the information in them. Um, which is why I keep talking about these bank records. The bank records will prove the SARS out. The first thing that I want the American people to know is the amount of money in the alleged laundering and bribery scheme is astronomical. It is staggering. It is shocking. And it will blow your effing mind if you knew how much money we were talking about. That's Congresswoman Nancy Mace. She's the same one who talks about having uh, morning sex with her husband, or is it fiancé, while she's at the National Prayer Breakfast? Oh, that's right. You want to party with her. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's uh, the, the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Talking about the money... The bribery regarding uh, Joe uh, and Hunter. I am unsurprised, although I want to see more data. We will get into the conversation about impeachment versus impeachment inquiry. What it is that the chairman, James Comer, has said and why I think he's right. Never forget that laws can be broken, but impeachment is about political, not the legal. I'm not saying the law should be broken. I'm not saying to 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 avoid the conversation, but remember what impeachment is. Impeachment is a political move, not per se a legal one. I understand it's for high crimes and misdemeanors, but it only matters if you can get it done. So you got to ask yourself, is this the thing that you want to do? I'll share with you what it is that... Uh, that uh, James Comer has had to say. There are a couple of stories uh, that I thought were worth getting to. This was Fox talking about a travel advisory from Canada. And wait until you hear this woke nonsense from our neighbors up north. Canada has updated its travel advisory, cautioning LGBTQ travelers that they may face, quote, barriers and risks if they go to America. They say, quote, some states have enacted laws and policies that may affect two SLGBTQ one plus persons. Check relevant state and local laws. I I think it's I, not one there, Judge Janine. And two S means two spirit. I can't make that up. I wouldn't know how, uh, but that's uh, not the story. You're worried about traveling uh, if you're gay into the United States, trans into the United States? Please. Truckers should be scared out of their minds if they're from the U.S. driving into Canada. I know what it is that Justin Trudeau did to truckers regardless of their sexual orientation, regardless of their feelings. It's far worse than anything that has happened in the United States where we say children aren't allowed to be mutilated. Thank you very much. This brings us to the DOJ intervening 
Because in Alabama, the Attorney General, Steve Marshall, is defending litigation about an Alabama law that made it a felony. It's punishable by up to 10 years in prison, prescribing purity blockers or hormones to children for a sex change. We protect children more often than not from themselves. Children can't make these decisions. Their children and the people who say otherwise are rightfully referred to as groomers, not because I came up with the term, but because they really seem to embrace it from their actions. It is disgusting and despicable. Hormone uh, blo- uh, puberty blockers are not reversible, super easy. That's all a lie. And it's not gender-affirming care. That's Orwellian uh, doublespeak. That is Marxist garbage. What that is, what gender-affirming care is, is a pressure point uh, via a struggle session to try and get you not to care about your kids. And uh, the answer is no. I don't pay attention to struggle sessions. I know what Mao did, and I know why uh, the the Marxists here in the U.S. love to uh, celebrate that kind of stuff. Well, you don't want to be affirming? You don't love your child? Hmm, maybe you shouldn't have uh, access to your child. Maybe your child should be able to make their own decisions. What society allows children to make their own decisions? A society that wants to abuse and hurt children. That's the only answer. Because it's not actually about making your own decision. It'll be about force. We decided, see, we know you better than you know yourself, and you're really this. So go on. Wear that. That surgery, that's right. Look pretty for me. And you say to me, Tony, you're being disgusting. And I'll say to you, oh, no, 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 no. I'm watching what's happening. Sorry if that is offensive to some. Steve Marshall's defending the litigation. He's the Alabama Attorney General. So the Department of Justice wanted to be a party in a lawsuit against the Alabama law. Discovery would then take place because if they're going to say, all right, we want to be in this, all right, well, then we have questions. So the Attorney General, Steve Marshall, wanted access to Rachel Levine's records. Dr. Rachel Levine, Assistant Secretary for Health and Human Services. Rachel Levine is a man who claims to be a woman. And Rachel Levine, call yourself Rachel all you want, has been disgusting, despicable, the idea that children should be able to make their own choices, that was, was he the one who said we should call mothers egg producers? Non-stop in this idea that children should be mutilated and children should be allowed to be abused in this way. The AG of, of Alabama says, I, I want to see the emails. I want to see the records. Let's go. Well, the DOJ tried to block the request, offered uh, uh, Levine's a former subordinate for discovery uh, and offered a FOIA response with unrelated search terms. The U.S. protested that Admiral Levine, by the way, that's that's the title. That's the title. Is uh, not uh, conducting studies related to gender-affirming uh, care, nor employed at HHS as a researcher, so therefore shouldn't be uh, uh, called to uh, to testify. The DOJ says no. 
I don't know. I thought if Rachel really cared, Rachel would be out there and more than happy to engage the conversation. Let's see what it is that Rachel Levine has emailed to whom. Let's see what Rachel has to say on the subject. It is staggering the amount of people so angry and so bitter on these subjects. They hate you for noticing. They hate you for saying something about it. They hate you, hate you for fighting back. Me, I couldn't be more proud of you. Because that's what you're supposed to do. It's like watching um, uh, uh, Keith Olbermann screaming and yelling about Riley Gaines, the swimmer. Riley Gaines has taken more abuse than you can imagine to keep showing up because that's all there is. This fight matters. This fight is extremely important. And these people on the left really do believe that they're on the side of the good and the righteous. What is good and what is righteous about abusing children and lying about it? We hide it from parents here. We, we simply won't tell uh, uh, families o- 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 over there. They are abusing children and want us not to notice. In Hawaii, those wildfires were not global warming or climate change. It was human error and human failure up and down the line. But the governor, Josh Green still wants you to think that it was all global warming. How much responsibility do you think the power company bears here for the fire? Uh, It's a very good question. Two days in, which was on the 10th, I asked my attorney general and instructed her to do a comprehensive investigation. So she's doing that right now. She's brought an outside investigator in uh, from the mainland that has fire expertise. She's going to find out exactly how much. We do know that uh, that early fire was sparked, as as Hiko said. I don't want to jump to conclusions just because I don't think it's fair for me to do that. But we will hold everyone accountable 100%, and we'll be very transparent about it. We'll release all the reports. I think that in the end of the day, we all have to acknowledge that this is a global problem. It was a very, very hot, dry, terrible storm. We are dealing with global warming here. We had six total fire emergencies from 1953 to 2003. We're going to hold everybody accountable, but it's global warming. It's not global warming. It was your power company. It was your emergency manager in in Maui who didn't know what they were doing. It was your people who were questioning where the water went. It was your police chief in Maui uh, who blocked uh, the only paved road out of town. That's not global anything. That's not climate anything. Multiple systems and multiple people failed. And who's going to believe you when you say, when you tell us that you're going to hold people accountable? The hell you will. Jeffrey Epstein. Everybody knew was going to kill himself. He didn't kill himself. And then he was allowed to kill himself. He didn't kill himself. And not only did the guards never go to jail, there's no videotape. Nothing happened to the Attorney General, William Barr. Nothing happened to anybody who ran the prison. Everybody said, ha, and then had lunch. People are going to be held responsible. We know you're full of crap. We see you. But there's a, a, a side to this story in, in, in the wildfires of 
of Maui. Of course, we've got the, the hurricane that hit Florida. You notice not too many people are talking about the hurricane. Maybe it's because of where it hit, less populated areas, so less damage could be done. Maybe it's because DeSantis got the lights on and nobody wants to talk about that. What is being discussed... No, 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 not not East Palestine. Nobody's talking about East Palestine. No, 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 don't worry. No one's talking about that. Uh, FEMA is down to its last $3.4 billion. FEMA is running low on money. Biden wants Congress to pass $12 billion in funding for the disaster fund, which is, you know, what uh, that woman, you've seen that woman, Deanna Criswell, she's, she's in charge there, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. They don't have the money. Now, are they going to get the $12 billion? I don't know. But the people who've been wanting to tie this to aid to Ukraine, I think, are pretty twisted. This is what Marco Rubio brought up the other day, that there are people who want to tie this to Ukraine aid. Well, $12 billion for this, sure, but we got to send some money over here. That's not how it works. That is not how it works. We take care of us first. We put on our own mask, and then we assist the person next to us. That's the only way it can work. So keep an eye on this FEMA story where they're running out of money because one does wonder whether or not things will be prioritized and will that happen rationally or politically. I'm Tony Katz and this is Tony Katz Today. The Capitol attending physician now says Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is, quote, medically clear to continue with his schedule. The doctor put out that statement a day after McConnell appeared to freeze during an exchange with reporters in Kentucky. The physician wrote, quote, occasional lightheadedness is not uncommon in concussion recovery and can also be expected as a result of dehydration. That's CBS reporting. And anybody who saw Mitch McConnell, Senate Minority Leader, freeze up. In that, in that press conference, uh, uh, that 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 uh, that was not a guy who was okay. The idea that that's that's clear, the idea that that's lightheadedness. Stop. I, I'm not a doctor, although admittedly I have um, pretty uh, pretty fantastic music. If I was right. I, I don't I don't know what else I need besides Doogie Hauser. Instant doctor. All I need is one of those heary thingies, you know, the thing you hear with the thump thump, you know, you put your ears. That's all I need. Oh, I don't have to know what it's called. I've got music. Right? Oh, I know what it's called, Jason. I know producer Jason's like, it's a stethoscope. Tony, it's a stethoscope. You don't have to sound like a dope. It's a stethoscope. Hey, it rhymes. Stethoscope. I know. Could you please just go along with it just for a moment? My gosh. Mitch McConnell's not okay. 
Mitch McConnell's too old. That's the story. That's the headline. So is Dianne Feinstein. So is Joe Biden. I'll prove that in a minute. So is, as I've said, Donald Trump, because the game can be played the other way. Now you say to me, ah, oh, Tony, you're just one of those never-Trumpers. I'm a never-Trumper. I'm an only Trumper. I'm a Trump-humper. I'm a neocon. I'm fat. Wait, what? I swear to you guys, everybody has something to say. Y- y- you sit in this chair, you don't really get bothered by that. We agree, we disagree. I think that's fine. But I'm not the only guy saying it. Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports and Tucker Carlson. It's crazy if he's, I mean, to be honest, I think both Trump and Biden are too old. I, I think there should, I don't think you should be able to be that old and be president. Uh, but I think Trump certainly a hundred percent more aware. Your move. You love Trump. You hate Trump. Your move. I don't know what to tell you. All I ever said was age is going to be a factor in this election. Conversations like this happening on Tucker's show there on uh, Twitter, on X, is one of the reasons why I have said, both here and on video, do not call this election. I get why people who are fanatical are doing it. I get why people who want a result are doing it. I get why people post uh, false uh, things about DeSantis and, and, and PAX, at least as I know it is false, uh, on, on social media. Oh, my gosh. PAC is just folded. They won't support him anymore. He denounced the PAC before he ran. He had no part of it. That, that was a big story this morning. Oh, look at this. Oh, they're not giving DeSantis any more money. The community notes on Twitter were like, yeah, he never took money from them. He had denounced them before he ran. He wanted no part of this pack. The pack is no longer giving money to Ron DeSantis. They don't think he can win. It was, you know, the, these stories happen. These stories are crazy. People don't even care that they, they, they lie. They're desperate to just move the narrative along. I'm not engaged in the narrative. I'm engaged because, right, the, the idea of presenting something for its sake. This is what people are talking about. They're talking about age, and rightfully so, because Biden's too old, because McConnell's too old, because Feinstein is too old, and maybe it's not that they're too old, but they have the issues that go along with age that make them incapable. Does Trump have any of those issues? Do you want to risk that he might? People are asking. People are talking about it. Both Dave Portnoy, who has a whole segment of audience, and Tucker Carlson, who has a whole segment of audience, agree. Why would anybody tell me this won't be a part of the election conversation? I don't even understand how you can begin to make that claim. Nor do I understand how you can make the claim that Bidenomics is doing us great. The unemployment numbers are in. What do they mean is the question before us I know what Biden thinks Biden thinks it means that he's a genius and what he's bragging about super weird Dr. Matt Will economist will talk about these numbers 
We'll talk about what it means. We'll talk about its effect. That's all coming up. This is Tony Katz today. Because of this, we faced some pretty tough times in recent years, a pandemic that took more than a million of our friends and neighbors, a million fewer people sitting at our dining room or kitchen tables, people we raised and loved, people we grew up with, gone. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. It wasn't that long ago that 20 million Americans were out of work. But the American people didn't give up. They never give up. They've never given up. And today we have the strongest economy in the world, the lowest inflation rate among the major economies, 13.5 million new jobs. You heard me say it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. My dad said a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. I wonder if Joe Biden thinks about our dignity or has any respect for the people he's talking to when he engages conversations like this. We have the job numbers out. And unemployment is up to 3.8%. 170,000 jobs was the estimate. 187,000 jobs were created. The question is, what does it actually mean when you have unemployment up, when you have more jobs, but you hear about overall job uh, creation or overall job openings and those are down? What to make of it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Dr. Matt Will joins us, economist at the University of Indianapolis. We've talked a lot about China and that um, uh, global effect on us because there is one. Uh, The president, always a big fan of saying that we've got better inflation uh, rates, uh, better economy than the rest of of the developed world. Of course, uh, you have Europe in a recession. These numbers... Is this what Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has been going for? Has Is this the dream scenario where you have more jobs than you thought you were going to have? You have a higher unemployment rate, though, and this all leads to cooling, or does nobody actually understand what these numbers mean? Tony, I, I got I to gotta start by saying you got to level when Biden says we're not as bad as the rest of the world. That's I love true. that. I adore it in every way. We're not Germany. Uh, Trust me, I've said thank you for that many, many times, but I already know that. What do the numbers say to you? Well, first of all, 187 new jobs, 187,000. Last year's average, Tony, was 400,000 per month. So we're at less than half of the job creation we were at last year. We are coming out of the pandemic. We're 6 million jobs short, Tony, 6 million if you look at the pre-pandemic trend of where we should be, we are not at record levels. He is wrong to say that. We've added 13 million jobs, but Tony, we laid off 15 million people. That's what happens when you lay off a bunch of millions of people and then you hire them back. So that's just, 
to claim credit for something is that's false. That is simply absurd to make those statements. And we see some desperation in the market. We saw the JOLTS report that came out a couple of days ago, which is consistent with what we just saw. The participation rate went up, Tony, from for, or dropped, I should say, no, went up from 62.6 to 62.8. This is the first time in, in a number of years where we had more people entering the workforce. That's a good thing, Tony. We want people to be in the workforce, but they're getting into the workforce because they're desperate. That's what we saw in the JOLTS report a couple of days ago. So they're back in the workforce because they have to be back in the workforce. You use the term desperate. It's really about not being able to survive. Here is how Joe Biden, the president of the United States, put it today. Office predicted that it would not get below 4% until the end of 2025. Now, unemployment and the unemployment rate has been below 14% for the last 19 months. The longest stretch in over 50 years. I'm assuming he meant below 4% over the last 19 months. I'm going <laughs> to assume, 14. sir, not being an expert at these things, but after, you know, you do this show a couple of years, you get pretty good at Biden speak. You, you get pretty good at it. This is, again, the, this, this crowing from President Biden. Unemployment has been below 4% for the last 19 months, the longest stretch in over 50 years. Let's assume he meant 4% over 19 months. Is this an actual data point? And is this something that we should be thrilled with? Tony, he's still delusional. He's living still off of the Trump and the pandemic economy. He can't claim credit. I don't understand why the broader media doesn't call him out on this. He's taking credit for a pandemic recovery. We threw ourselves in the toilet. Now we're digging ourselves out and he's taking credit for digging ourselves out. That's not how it works, Tony. If I go, if I go and put on 50 pounds by overeating and then I've dropped 30, do I tell the world, hey, I lost 30 pounds? Well, yeah, after I dug myself in the hole with plus 50. So he, he can't take credit for this. It's just false. You look at Germany, GDP dropping. You look at Australia, consumer confidence down. Tony, our consumer confidence was the biggest decline in two years. This week, the biggest decline in two years. And the six-month outlook for consumer confidence is very low. We haven't seen it this low in many years. So the consumer is not on the same rosy page as the president. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on uh, the Twitter Xbox right there. I talk about consumer confidence often and the idea of where does America think uh, that that we're going. But I want to take a look at, at these jobs and understand why unemployment went up, right? It's at 3.8%. It went up. But when you take a look at the August jobs one-month net change, uh, this coming from the Bureau of Labor Statistics via CNBC, the biggest growth was in healthcare and social assistance, 97,000 jobs. Leisure and hospitality was only 40,000 jobs, less than a half. The retail trade was only 6,300. But let's get into the big two. Information dropped 15,000 jobs, Transportation and warehousing dropped 34,000 jobs. Retail's up 6,000. Transportation and warehousing down 34,000. Just like we've seen from Macy's and from Dick's Sporting Goods and others, Target, 
Nobody's predicting a very Merry Christmas season. Well, ask yourself, Tony, where do you want jobs to go up? Do you want it to be in social welfare? Do you want it to be in government assistance? Or would you rather it be in transportation and hotels and retail and motor vehicles? The jobs are going up in the wrong place, Tony. They're going up in the places that says, uh-oh, people need help. Last month, the quits report, we talked about that frequently, was down. Less people are quitting their jobs because there's not better jobs out there. The openings have dropped a few, a few hundred thousand dollars or a few hundred thousand jobs. So fewer people are, are openings. More people are keeping their job rather than quitting their job. Tony, the, 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 when you dig below the surface, the news is not as good as the president wants you to say. And everyone knows it. Everyone's not, you know, people, some people are still surviving paycheck to paycheck, yet he paints this picture that's out of touch with reality. Now, just as a, a matter of proving that point, uh, healthcare and social assistance up 97,000, manufacturing up 16,000, wholesale trade up 4,700. Those are, are, are the numbers. So now it comes to the question about strength in the economy, which goes back to this unemployment number. Very often the unemployment number is this very, very deceiving number because you're not looking at um, labor force participation rates, who's actually in the labor force. And if more people are in the labor force, that number goes up. If the people have dropped out of, of, of looking, that number goes down. So when I see it go up to 3.8%, it would signal to me that more people started to look for a job that even though they're more they had more jobs than was was predicted more people are still looking for a job there aren't as many jobs out there so that should not be an indicator that makes wall street or anybody else feel good about this economy am i off base no tony you you said it i, I couldn't say it much better than you did that is that is exactly correct more people are looking for jobs which is why the unemployment rate went up more people are entering the workforce more people need jobs but tony you said better than expected. Yeah, 187 is better than 170. That's true. But last year's average was 400,000 jobs per month coming out of the pandemic. This is way too low, Tony. We cannot be creating 187. We should be creating 400,000 jobs per month. Now, let me uh, share this with you. This is uh, Rick Santilli over at, at CNBC. Uh, give this a quick listen. The last two months are seeing a revision of three digits, minus 110,000, and we know that there has been benchmark revisions. He's talking about 110,000 jobs. We hear this a lot. These numbers come yeah. out, and then a month later, six weeks later, there's some level of revision of the numbers as they get in a little more data, they crunch a couple more numbers, and these things revise down. They're constantly, constantly revising down as as an economist is this standard operating procedure or is this trying to pull a fast one on the american people to make people think that it's better than it is because as you're pointing out as, as you brought it up twice now sure 187 is better than 170 but we had 400,000 jobs being created last year you know rick stole my thunder i'm a big fan of rick i, I like his analysis and i would encourage people to listen to him and I had that on my to-do list with you right now, Tony, was the June and July numbers combined were down 110,000. We've seen this time and time again that this administration is gaming the numbers in the initial announcement because no one pays attention to revisions. They should. 
because they keep revising down. You have, there's a laundry list of down revisions that have occurred in the last year. So when you see the revision, what is that saying to you? Is it a miscalculation? Is it a purposeful miscalculation? And if so, where is it occurring? And how is it that uh, whether it be the Fox business people, the CNBC people, uh, the Bloomberg people, et cetera, right? Take it from the media side. How have they not raised holy hell and told their audience, yeah, this is the number, but don't believe it because you know it's going to get revised down in six weeks. Well, Tony, I'll tell you, all three of those groups do report that. Um, Bloomberg, not as much, because Bloomberg, of course, is is a rather pro-Biden network. But CNBC, which I consider very neutral, reports this all the time. They're constantly saying, you know what, this is probably going to be revised down. We've seen it a lot. That's why I say follow Rick. But I like to look at this this report, Tony, that that came out today. You hear me talk about it every month, the Institute for Supply Management. The 10th month in a row now, We've had a contraction in the manufacturing industry. Ten months in a row, new orders continue to shrink. Inventories continue to shrink. Supplier deliveries continue to shrink. Tony, this is, this is not good news, and it's reflected in what you see in the JOLTS report and today's jobs report. We're now going to be in a new norm of lower job growth and more people needing and seeking employment. One of the things that we discuss, you and I, is that, and we, and we both see it. I actually feel good about this one, not being an economist, but understanding this: uh, that if you told ten million people they can't go to work because of COVID, and now nine million five hundred thousand people went back to work, you didn't create nine million five hundred thousand jobs. <laughs> You're still five hundred thousand jobs less than you were before. Why hasn't yeah. that number caught up? There, there's, there have been a, a host of reasons you brought up, but as you look at it today, for, for people who may have never heard this the first time, if we have not caught up to the number of jobs we had pre-pandemic, why is that the case? And go back to what the Fed is trying to do and cool down the economy. Isn't this what they wanted? Well, I, I don't know what they wanted, Tony, but by the way, the number is six million, not half a million. We are six million short from the number that we forced out of jobs pre-pandemic. But you asked why they're not coming back. There's a that's a long discussion. But the brief list is: uh, first of all, the benefits that some people get to not work is still there, so that's still there. The government gave you so much money during the pandemic that some people are still living off of that money. Although we see a reverse in that trend with the participation rate this month. Um, there's the 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 um, daycare situation. There are parents who would like to go back to work, but the daycare industry is not recovered yet, so they have problems with finding people to watch their children. So there's a long list of reasons, Tony, why people aren't going to work, but the data shows they're not going back to work to the tune of 6 million people. And you don't see that turning around, and it's compounded by the fact that there's a level of business contraction. Uh, You're not expanding because you don't have the capital. You can't get access to the capital without costing an arm and a leg. Um, And and there's just, as you talk about consumer confidence, nobody thinks the future looks good. I mean, you listen to the Biden people. They think things are super, super rosy. You're an economist. Are things super rosy to you as you look forward? Well, Tony... Let's not take my opinion. Let's just look at the six-month outlook for consumer confidence. It dropped to 80 
100 is the neutral position. People in this country believe six months out that there is going to be a 20% worse economy than it is today. That is a very pessimistic outlook. You don't need my opinion. You just look at the data. And as far as this whole, you know, workforce thing, Tony, more the six million, that's going to get larger because people are entering the workforce. They need more jobs now, and the jobs. So while people need more jobs and they're entering the workforce, right. the number of jobs is shrinking. Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Dr. Matt Will on Twitter X. I appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Didn't even notice uh, that the stock market was up 64, NASDAQ was down uh, 24. You know, it's uh, for such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For such a robust jobs report, maybe, uh, maybe not so robust. Maybe not. By the way, uh, we've mentioned that, you know, uh, credit card uh, debt has topped a trillion. How about the fact that Visa and MasterCard are going to raise credit card fees? Fees are going to go up. Now, you know you know, I know something about this business. My family's been in this business for forever. Uh, they actually do things to help, you know, the, the fees. And you've seen this a lot of places get moved to the consumer. You want to use a credit card, and of course the credit card's paying you this, and you're getting points for that. Well, that comes out of the merchant, so there's a way to kind of give the give the fees over to the, to the customer who wants to use a credit card. But exactly how much of a squeeze are these small businesses supposed to take? There's not much room left. This is Tony Katz today.